0: Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. Doodle. What's up, internets? This is Chico Leo flying solo through the night skies to bring you your uh, Sunday night Fan Bros special delivery. Uh, We had a big night of TV tonight, but uh, just wanted to uh, get some events out of the way let you know about some stuff coming up. Um... As everyone knows, this Friday is Halloween, but you can start your Halloween early this Thursday, October 30th. Uh, the Fambros will be recording our second live, or our first dead, show. Uh, we're doing a Halloween, special Halloween show at Bergen Comics at 9pm. Um, there's going to be more games, trivia, and a costume contest. And of course, it's all free. And the extravaganza will be hosted by none other than the loudspeakers, Dallas Penn, a.k.a. Boba Fett. So anyone who's anyone's going to be there, uh, come one, come all. It's free. Uh, you obviously want to wear a costume. And we've got a big Halloween con- contest wrapping up, but you still got time to get in under the wire... We partnered with Costumesupercenter.com to get you ready for Halloween this year, and we're giving away a fifty-dollar gift certificate. All you got to do is share your best or worst Halloween story or costume pick or both, um, and just tweet them to both at Fambro Show uh, and at Costume SC and/or Instagram at Fambro Show or at um, Costume Supercenter. So their their Twitter address is slightly different than their Instagram address. But it's all on the Fanbros website, which you really, really should be checking out. Um, we're still unrolling a lot of the great video that we took at Comic-Con uh, last weekend or two weekends ago. Um, we did a lot more video this year. We had the full team in effect. And we've got all kinds of dwarves and gnomes and elves feverishly editing together this footage. So, definitely check it out. Uh, there's, there's two or three videos going up a day. And all the info for the contest is on there as well. And um, there's probably a flyer on there, I think, for the party slash live recording. So, hope to see you there. Uh, Hope to see some tweets and Instagrams of your best or worst Halloween uh, with pictures. uh, Your best or worst Halloween story or costume. So, uh, yeah, hit us up and let's get to tonight's uh, big TV. So, big news, Boardwalk Empire is over, finito, done, as is Nucky Thompson. But we'll, uh, we'll get to that. Uh, overall, uh, I gotta say, Boardwalk Empire is a little bit of a weird duck because I think it's one of these examples of the each individual aspect of the show kind of being better than the full thing put together. I, I, I don't know if it ever really knew what it wanted. Um, I did really enjoy tonight's episode. I think some people might have found it a little slow and anticlimactic uh, after the last couple of weeks. Um, it was really interesting that you sort of, it really reveals through flashbacks and, um, and, and, and Nucky going to Jillian Darmody and, and basically telling her to her face, yeah, I'm not going to get you out. Where in flashbacks, we saw him ruin her and tell her, well, I'll always have your back. So ultimately Nucky's a dick. I mean, a real dick. And his... Ambition, if you want to call it that, when he decides to pimp Jillian Darmody out to the Commodore for his uh, for his job to get a promotion from deputy sheriff to sheriff, uh, has a lot of reverber- reverberating consequences. Um, ultimately, there's a lot of tragedies that result from that, a lot of deaths, and a lot of misery. Um and it's not even that Nucky does it, which is is awful enough as it is. But he then says he'll have her back, and and he really doesn't. Um, and then he, you know, in during the course of the show, he murders her son. Um, you know, causes you know his war causes the the uh, Jillian's grandson's mother to be murdered, um, and ultimately Jillian goes crazy. As a result of stuff that Nucky is is partially responsible for, and uh, ends up in an institution, she is able to avoid the death penalty. But Nucky uh, does not have her back as he said he would. And at the end, I feel like justice is served. You know, he meets his end at uh, you know at the point of the gun of Tommy Darmody. Who has been throughout the season, like, really on the outer edges of the show. Um, We didn't know who he was. I mean, not to nitpick a little, but Tommy would only be, like, 14 or 15. And that kid definitely seemed older. But, um, yeah, as far as I remember, Tommy was being raised by John Barrow's widow or sister, one of them. No, I guess the widow um is that his name John Barrow the hitman um I'm not sure if that was his name but the guy with half a face his wife was raising Tommy Darmody so I feel like Tommy Darmody had every reason to shoot Nucky right down and on the boardwalk um and I f- I feel like they had been dancing around the whole the Nucky Jillian thing I mean it had been mentioned early on we knew it in the first season. That that's how Jimmy became the Commodore's illegitimate son, but um, it. I thought it was. I thought it did make you know the flashbacks work, um, but the pacing. You know the pacing of the whole show has always been really weird. The tone has been always dope, but kind of inconsistent. Uh, changes from you know episode to episode. Um, If you think about some of the stuff from the third season when uh, Jip Rossetti was the villain uh, and Bobby Cannavale and, you know, some of the tone of that compared to the tone of this season. Um, And then they definitely really, you know, certainly were very clear about the themes of like, you know, the old days being older and the new days being new and the... Old boss, same as the old boss. I mean, new boss, same as the old boss. Type of uh, type of stuff going on. I mean, it's definitely out with the old and in with the new. And um, you know, there, there's even that scene where Nucky is introduced to a very, very early TV prototype on the boardwalk. Uh, you know, signifying the future and. You know, we get a sense of people being able to, you know, make bigger killings on the stock market than robbing the banks. Um, and and the other thing that I think is weird, and this points to some of the stuff that Kimson has said about the downside of, of doing the his, historical stuff. I, I was really interested to see how maybe there were going to be parallels and things were going to be there was going to be more of a connection to the Nucky and Jillian and Jimmy and boardwalk story and the Al Capone stuff. And, the even, even the Charlie Luciano Meyer Lansky stuff at the very end, it just didn't seem all that connected. And, um, while it was very cool seeing Al Capone in his white suit, you can go online and see, look at pictures, that's him, and you can even see some of the poses, I mean, there's some famous shots of him going into the courthouse with in his white suit with his white hat, and, um, you know, with all kinds of bravado, and then, you know, getting convicted and going out the back of the courthouse to uh, straight to jail, where he died 10 years later of syphilis, or maybe less than 10 years, um... It just didn't all, it didn't come together. So in that sense, like Kimson was right, we were just sort of seeing a reenactment of things. Now, if they'd been able to connect Charlie Luciano and Meyer Lansky starting up the commission and beginning and, you know, one of the engines that really, really did affect America and American popular culture for the next 25, 30 years and a lot of political stuff as well. I, I just think it it would have been more interesting if we, if it, if it had been more connected because as you look back on it it really seems after Al Capone's early scenes in um you know in Atlantic City where did why did we need to follow him why would they have all this stuff going on I mean yeah at one point Al Capone comes and his goons help help Nucky in in his war against Gippresetti and there is some back and forth, but it, it didn't all add up, basically. Uh, I still agree with Kimpson that it is, or it was, one of the most gorgeous shows ever on TV. It looked really good. Uh, never really found its audience, but it certainly was a high pedigree show with really great directing, really great acting, and really good quality writing. Um, I just don't think that the whole came together on this show the way it did in something like Breaking Bad or, you know, True Detective. I mean, it might not be fair to compare it to something that was just eight episodes, but it um, it certainly ha- has a has a place high up. It's just not on the, uh, you know, it's barely an all star. It's definitely not a superstar. So, or it's definitely an all star and barely a hall of famer. Uh, if we're going to use sports analogies. And um, yeah, so that that's it on that. This episode was called El Dorado, which I'm not sure why it was called El Dorado. El Dorado was the mythical city of gold that Francisco Pizarro and subsequent Spaniards uh, spent centuries traveling up and down South America and Central America searching for. In the process, murdering, enslaving, and colonizing millions and millions of people, all three, uh, the people who were there. They never did find the City of Gold and didn't exist, but that is El Dorado. And so maybe, you know, maybe Nucky never found his City of Gold, but he seemed like he, uh, you know, was pretty content at the end. He didn't want to die, definitely puts his hand up, but... You know, he got to say goodbye to everybody. He got his last dance with Margaret. He got a last hug with his brother. He, um, you know, maybe he did find his El Dorado. Or maybe he, you know, maybe he died unsatisfied never having found it. But uh, that's it. This episode was directed by Tim Van Patten, who is, uh, you know, probably the premiere of HBO director. Uh, directs a lot of pilots, directs a lot of last episodes, directs a lot of key episodes. You'll see his name everywhere from Deadwood to The Sopranos to Game of Thrones to this. So they certainly throw all the prestige at it, and I definitely think we got our bang for our buck on the show. Um, I just think that it could have come together a little better, but... Don't get me wrong. I mean, I would definitely recommend Boardwalk Empire. It's definitely a legit entry into the gangster genre. Kimson might say there's no need for any more additions in the gangster genre, and there might be some truth in that. I'm not trying to put words in anybody's mouth. But um, as far as that goes, I I feel like it's 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 a solid entry as a classic in the genre. Tonight, we also continued with The Walking Dead, our third episode, uh, Four Walls and a Roof, uh, referring to the church that they've taken refuge in these last two episodes. Um, And they've basically continued with uh, the, uh, you know, they upped the ante and, uh, you know, we're all in uh, to continue with some kind of whack uh, poker metaphors. They haven't slowed down. It hasn't. It hasn't gotten sort of silly or clueless the way sometimes has happened, a few episodes in. I definitely feel like the cannibals were a really good uh, villain, and I like that they didn't drag it out over a season. That they were just like you know for two episodes, the villains for the two episodes. Um, they. Uh, Rick, Rick and Company managed to lay a trap for them, set them up, trapped them in the church, and then beat and stabbed them all to death. Um, which, yo, I mean, in this world, I mean, these people were trying to eat them and were would eat anybody else, and kind of gave up their their right, you know. Um, so there there has been the, you know this 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 uh, tension. Uh, where some people are into compassion and some people are into survival, and obviously you need to temper that and balance that, because if you're all about survival, you basically turn into those cannibals. So Tyrese and Glenn and some of the others who are trying to maintain you know, humanity in the face of all this inhumanity, I, I think that's fine, you know, um, Tyrese reminds me of a lot, a lot of like medieval knight stories or samurai stories. Will have the warrior who's killed and killed, and seen his comrades die, and is just sick of death, and puts his sword up, and is usually called back to battle after having turned his back on war, um, which I imagine is what's going to happen with Tyrese at some point before the end of this season. Uh, he did. You know, uh, either kill Bob or just stab him in his brain after he died so he wouldn't turn into a zombie. Someone would have had to do that. Um, and so, but he certainly was performing a mercy. And it would, you know, it obviously wouldn't have been dope for his sister to stab her own man in the head. So, um, and we got the big surprise at the end Daryl. Shows up and he's got somebody with him. Uh, it will be kind of whack if it's Carol, not be. I mean, I think Carol's dope and I hope Carol returns, but they sort of set it up like it's some surprise person. And um, it looks like the next episode is going to be sort of like a, a flashback type thing where Daryl's explaining where he's been and what's up with Beth and yada yada yada. So I think we're expanding the world, which is good. Um I still do not believe that I have seen a black zombie this this whole season. Uh, a bunch of them are going to Washington D.C., It's chocolate city, so we'll see if there are any black zombies there. But at this point in the show, I could see them going to Howard University and and all the zombies being white. Um but that that that's neither here nor there. Um the show has been hitting on uh, all cylinders. And um you know Rick is dope someone on Twitter and I retweeted it compared Rick to Jack Bauer and I think that applies with the whole trying to maintain your humanity as well as you know the bigger picture when you're you know killing lots of bad guys and I think there there is a uh, there there's a, there's a singular badassness that Rick and Jack Bauer both share so uh kudos to whoever uh, tweeted that out And, um, so yeah, four, four walls and a roof. That's all the church is when, uh, when they, when they do a mass murder in there and the, uh, the reverend or the preacher or the priest, uh, kind of, you know, he says, this is the Lord's house and Maggie's like, nah, it's just four walls and a roof. I do want to say, uh, I am confused because they keep saying that it's an Episcopalian church. But they show him with the rosary beads, and last episode they showed them drinking communion wine, both of which I thought were just Catholic church. But maybe the communion wine is is used in in Protestant uh, religions as well. So I didn't know. On the one hand, it, it seemed like he was a Catholic priest, and then on the other hand, they you know it's clear there's a sign outside that it's Episcopalian church. Um, And they also refer to him as a priest, which you don't have Episcopalian priests, I didn't think. But maybe you do. Um, So, yeah, he seems to be the Seth Gilliam character, seems to still be alive. Um, I was wrong last week. I didn't think Bob had, in fact, been bitten, but he was. He was tainted meat and uh, had no problem telling Gareth and uh, other cannibals uh, that much. But uh, I was right. I, I sort of did think that the guy had locked himself in and then didn't save the people while they were getting eaten by zombies. Um, other than that, it's not clear if he's a bigger villain than that or if he's just going to be, at this point, he's sort of almost like his own version of Joe Pesci in the Lethal Weapon movies in the sense that he's he doesn't seem to be of much use. And um, so I don't know. I also was surprised. I was almost expecting when Maggie and Glenn went off with, um, is it Abraham and his crew? I almost expected like them to come back, having killed them and brought the bus back. So again, I haven't I haven't read the comics, but I was surprised they just went off that way. Um, I understand that it was a bargain that it was necessary for them to convince the other three to stay so they could beat the cannibals. But, um, yeah, I mean, I I can't complain because splitting everybody up sort of did work well last season. Um, And for all we know, they could get turned back or, you know, captured by somebody and then Rick and Carol have to go save them. You know, who knows? Yeah. so, uh, yeah, that's it for tonight. Don't forget, um, Thursday, October 30th, Bergen Comics, 9 p.m. Bring a costume. Um, and check out the Halloween co- and the contest that we got. A uh, uh, 50, $50 gift certificate at Costume Center. And for that and everything else, definitely check out fanbros.com. There's, uh, there's been a lot, a lot of... We, we put a lot more time and effort into shooting video and putting together some really nice stuff from Comic-Con, and you don't want to miss that. Even if you're not a comics fan, uh, there's all all kinds of stuff on there. So, um, I think that's about it. I'm enjoying Star Wars Rebels, um, and uh, at some point we're all going to have to talk about Gotham, which I think has been getting better. Um, Arrow, which, you know, we're a few episodes into the new season. The Flash, which I'm watching, I'm not really feeling, but I'm going to give a few more episodes. Um, there's been three episodes so far, I'm not totally feeling it. Um, and then there's Constantine, which, um, yeah, I mean, I was a big fan of the comic series. So, if anything that's on, that's probably the one that I'm going to probably have the most problems with that... That sort of takes a left turn from the comics, which in the pilot, they did a little bit of that. But um, yeah, anyway, uh, hopefully we'll see you Thursday and uh, live long and prosper. And may the force be with you.